Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Travis Miller, a.k.a. Mr. Cornerstone. And this is Monet Miller, a.k.a. Confidently Free. So let's jump right in this thing like the baby. Uh, Monet, do you know who the baby is? I bet you $5. The baby is a rapper. Okay, well. All right, y'all. I might have to do something strange for the oh, baby that be dead off. But anyway, let's jump right in this thing. Let's talk about our son first. I know I didn't tell you about this before, but let's talk about our son first. Okay. Because this just happened. Right. The genius that our son is, as smart as he is, he can read, you know, a book like nothing. Um, he can figure out math and all these different other types of problems, but he cannot aim. He, okay. He that, cannot aim. That's not shocking. It's not shocking, but it's kind of, it's kind of uh, disgusting. Oh. Every time we go to the bathroom, we gotta clean, literally clean off the toilet. Yeah. Before, and this is like down here, so I'm only, only feel good about using our bathroom. We have two and a half bathrooms. The half bathroom is downstairs, and and for those of you who obviously don't know, um, personally, I if I have the ability, would rather use our bathroom upstairs because I know it hasn't been tainted with five year old pee. Right. Except when Aaliyah's up there, then you might wake her up at night. Yeah. So, I hate using this one down here. Shout out to the Fresh Prince, young TJ. You're doing good out here, but uh, learn to aim, bro. Learn to aim. He'll get it. Yeah. At some point. I know you want to get into your... My quote? Your quote. Of course I do. So... Yeah. I like quotes. They're cool. And so, today, I have a quote that says, The way I see it... If you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. And that is from Dolly Parton. Is that right? Dolly Parton? Yeah. Um, so basically, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. That basically means if you want the goal, if you want the prize, if you have something in mind that you are just, you know, grinding for, you have to deal with everything that comes with that. That means you got to put up with the, the blood, sweat, and the tears. You got to put up with whatever obstacles you're going to face. You have to put up with the, the trials, the tribulations, um, because you can't make it without actually going through something. Um, any goal that you have in mind, anything that you want to achieve, anything you aspire to, there's going to be work involved. Um, some of that work is going to be hard. It's going to be long. It's going to be, you know, um, long nights, sleepy days. But, hey, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. So... That is your quote of the day. Fellas, some of us put it as uh, heavy as the crown on the king's head. Uh, so basically, if you, wanna, if you want that, that label, if you want that position, if you want that goal or that dream, you know, you can't be afraid of everything that comes with that. All the responsibilities, all the work that needs to be done, uh, they go hand in hand. You know, just like people want a six pack or they want biceps or you know whatever but they don't want to do any work like you have to in order to get that stuff and keep it you have to enjoy going to the gym you have to enjoy working out um so heavy is the crown on the king's head and do you what have do you to say? enjoy it though you do does it have to be enjoyable i mean there's been times when i've worked out like did not want to do it but at the end of the workout i was like okay cool i'm glad i did it but during or before i was like i'm not really interested in this until you until you enjoy it, you can't keep it. Because if 
like for instance you're working out does it take a rhythm to get into that whole sense of oh i enjoy this it or, does okay it does because usually the whatever goal you have comes with some other things that it's not your forte or cup of tea mm-hmm. like when it comes to business or um you know life you can divvy out these responsibilities to somebody else to do the things that you don't enjoy but at first you're going to have to get through it right so that you can continue to do the thing that you do enjoy but until that time comes you have to learn how to uh put that enjoyment first and learn how to enjoy the process of getting there Uh, and i'm going to explain it like this so i enjoy working out Mm-hmm. So I enjoy uh, working a certain muscle group or whatever the case is, and then at the end feeling sore. So it feels like See, I've done something. I can get with the, old, the whole I'm feeling sore thing. I'm cool with that. But in the middle of it, I'm like, mm, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but that's my thing. So let's say if you're by, if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You would stop. But see, that's the thing, though. At at some point in my in my workout life, I wouldn't. I would just be like, all right, I'm almost done. Let me just finish this. After you've enjoyed it. No. Explain yourself. So, sometimes when I'm working out, it depends on what I'm doing. So, like, example, if we're doing a workout and we're doing all push-ups, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. But then if it switches up and it goes to something else, like abs, I love doing abs. If we're doing abs, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. We almost done. But I don't like the push-ups. If they end the beginning, I don't like push-ups beginning, middle, or end. It depends on what the exercise is. That doesn't make sense. That does make sense. But w- see, what I'm saying is, like, since you don't, en- so you don't enjoy working out, right? I I don't mind working out. It's okay. It's it's not something I don't enjoy. It's certain exercises that I don't like though. What? So what are you saying? That I don't like doing push-ups. Okay, do something else. Sometimes I don't have the option to do something else. Then you don't have a choice but to do it. This, see the the <laughs> this is what, this goes right into what we're talking about, like this communication. So what I'm saying is exercise as a whole. You always have another option to do another exercise. Mm-hmm. Flat out, point blank, period. Like you'll be able to do any exercise that you want. It's not about the one exercise. If you don't, it's either you, if you make it black and white, it's either you enjoy or or don't enjoy working out. Mm-hmm. You get me? So if you, if you can't say that you don't enjoy it, then there is a portion of working out that you enjoy. Or there is, you do enjoy working out. So which one do you stand on? I do like working out. So you do like working out? Yeah. So if there was a person that Sometimes. did not work out, or did not enjoy working out, then they, even if you push them to work out, they would stop. Okay. They would quit. Okay. Because it's something that they don't enjoy doing. Mm. So they're not going to keep up with it. But a person that does enjoy working out, a person that sees the benefit benefits of working out, it's not a, it's not a huge struggle for them to get up and work out because it's something that they enjoy doing. Okay. Just like the the podcast is something that we've enjoyed doing or for other people cooking or some people running 
riding bikes, fishing, hiking, whatever. If you enjoy doing it, it's easy for you to get up and do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't enjoy doing it, you're going to be wishy-washy about it. You'll do it every once in a while, and you'll do it just enough to say that you've done it, not enough to get any real results from it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's not about you not wanting to do the one push-up. I'm talking about it as a whole. If you didn't enjoy this podcast, doing this podcast, eventually you would quit. If you didn't enjoy uh, trying to build your own business, eventually you would quit. If you don't enjoy, like a lot of people do, multi-level marketing, if you don't enjoy that, eventually you will quit. But if you start something that you enjoy, if you dive into something that you love, then you will do that for free. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what they were trying to tell us like when we were kids. Like, man, you got to do something that you will do for free. Well, most of America is not doing something that yeah. they will do for free. I'm definitely not doing so. I would not get my black behind up and go to work for free. I just wouldn't do that. But this I would do for free. Mm-hmm. I would definitely do this for free. So when you have those jobs that you wouldn't do for free and you have these areas of your life that you wouldn't do for free, like you, you don't enjoy doing it, there'll come a point where if somebody hit a certain nerve at my job long enough, I would quit. Mm-hmm. Like that option is there. I'm I'm gonna quit. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this, right? If if a certain I don't know mishap happened um, when you're starting a business, right? Uh, let's say the real estate because you're jumping off into real estate. By the way, Monet is jumping off into wholesaling. If you need a house and you need to sell it. Contact Monet at info at renewedpropertyinvestors.com. Yeah. So if if there was a point in that where you're like, man, this, I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy looking at homes. I don't see value in in finding homes that could be um, restored into something great. I don't enjoy meeting all these new people. There's going to be a point where you say, I'm done with this. I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you do something that you enjoy, you find enjoyment out of people hearing what you got to say, and then they reach in another level. You find enjoyment out of creating something new. If you find enjoyment, even going back to exercise, out of getting that soreness, and you find enjoyment of knowing that you've done some work, that there is, then there's nothing that will actually stop you from moving forward in that thing. Because even if you had a setback, I've had injuries before that have put me back, but I've always come right back and built my way right back to the point of me being able to do what it is that I want to do. We've had setbacks in the business, life, marriage, uh, our jobs, but every single time we've been able to get back to the point that we were and passed it because it was something that we loved doing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. So if it's something that you don't love doing, if you don't enjoy that grind, if you don't enjoy uh, what you're doing at all, eventually you will quit or you have a quitting point. If you're doing something that you love, whether you're getting paid for it or not, you don't have that point. Right. Because it's something that you love doing. You'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? I got it. Yeah. So that was a little tangent, but I don't know. Just talking about talking about goals and stuff kind of 
That does that to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, Monet, I want to talk to you today about communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I think, in my opinion, you tell me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, I believe that communication has been the biggest issue in our marriage. What do you think about that statement? I would say that that's accurate. Um, I think for me, mm, I don't know if I actually ever witnessed growing up good communication in a marriage or let alone in the household. So for me, I didn't really have that up close model of this is how it's done. So I was just kind of either taking the example I saw and applying that um, to a degree, or I was just kind of winging it and doing what I thought would be efficient, which was not. So, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Yeah. And the reason, you know, the real reason why I really wanted to talk to you about it today is because we even had one of those moments. It wasn't an argument or anything like that, but we had one of those moments today where it was like we could have did better. I say that I could have did better uh, with our communication. Right? Mm-hmm. You with me? Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. So this morning um, I'm upstairs working in the room during quarantine. Um, quarantine, again, quarantine. 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 <laughs> so hopefully y'all out here staying safe. That was a shout out to Tori. <laughs> quarantine. Quarantine. Uh, anyway, hopefully y'all out here staying safe and uh, during this quarantine, social distancing and um, enjoying your families. But while I'm up working in the room, uh, Monet comes up. Or did I call you up there? I don't remember. Either way, I went into the room. Yeah, she's in the room and all morning. This is what I, what I realized now. And even after we were done talking, what I realized now, oh, we were talk. we started talking about the uh the podcast mm-hmm. but what i realized now is like the the children were annoying her all day right let me let me qualify what annoying is okay so my middle child she bless her little heart she is her own little she's like the rock star of the the two girls uh so far i'm not really sure what Aaliyah's temperament is because she's only a few months old but atara she is uh she is a, a a free spirit, if you will. And so this morning, mind you, she's only a year and a half old. This morning, she kept saying she has to go potty. Um, so, you know, I was putting her on the potty, putting her on, putting her on. She wasn't doing anything. And then I sat down to f- nurse Aaliyah. Aaliyah is four months old. Sat down to nurse her. And TJ and Atara went upstairs to play. And I hear TJ talking about how Atara took her diaper off. And she has poop somewhere at that point. Atara proceeds to try and come down the stairs. So I put Aaliyah down, I run up. Atara has her poopy diaper in one hand and she's sliding down the stairs in the other hand. So needless to say, that was just like enough for me because she's running around all over the place. They're hollering and screaming. She's getting into stuff. I can't just stop, you know, in the middle of nursing the baby to go after her. So I'm like, you know, trying to verbally tell her, put that down, get away from that, leave that alone. So yeah, that has started probably after breakfast, which I'm going to go ahead and say probably from 8.30 up until ooh, maybe for an hour or so, hour and a half, that was going on. All of the running around and then the poop situation. Yeah, because it was around, it was just before 10 mm-hmm. when you came upstairs. So, yeah, about an hour 
hour and a half. Yeah. You have anything else to add to that? No, that was the gist of it. Yeah, so she's she's upstairs in the room, and we're talking to her, and there's like this tone in her voice, right? And I'll, I'll, I tell her, I tell her a couple of times before, it's like, like when you talking like that, it feels like you talking like a, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you got something you need to get off your chest. Like we need to go outside and, and put them gloves on and you know get the boxing. Uh, so she's talking, you know, and it's uh, it's for me. In her mind, it, it probably isn't this, right? But when I'm hearing it, I'm hearing this aggressive tone in her voice while she's talking to me, you know? Now, mind you, I'm upstairs working, you know? Every once in a while, I'll hear, like, Atara, stop. <laughs> TJ, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Just I'll hear this every once in a while, but I don't really know what's going on outside of the door. I think right before she came up, she came into the room, she uh, had, she... Yeah, TJ opened the door. Let me back up. TJ opened the door, and he, <laughs> if you ever talk to TJ, you, at the end of it, you're kind of left wondering, like, man, what was he talking about? So TJ was explaining this whole situation, but I'm just sitting there looking at him like, okay, so Atara had a diaper in her hand sliding down the stairs towards his her mother? Like, what What's going on? TJ was trying to explain that she had pooped in the diaper and then taken the diaper off and then proceeded to slide down the stairs and with then, diaper in hand. So Monet comes back to the door literally with a poop-filled diaper. And I'm like, hey, Monet, you got to... There's poop in that. And she was like... No, you said it was on my hand. And she was like, I know. <laughs> Atara had it on the stairs and she was naked. And I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? So I just get back to working, like, okay, well, she going she gonna to handle that. I'm working, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was getting ready for a training, a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour training that I had coming up in, like, 15 minutes. So anyway, she handles that. She She's, I think there's, like, a 20 minutes afterwards. When you had offered me the opportunity to ha- leave one of the children in the room with you, yeah. I was like, no, nope, no, nope, don't worry about it. I got it. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah, I, I said you need to bring, you can bring Atara up here and close the door. So Atara would have been upstairs in the room, but she said, nope, I'm fine. I got it. You know, basically you just do what you got to do, right? So 20 minutes or so go by, and, she, and now we're talking about this, and she has this tone in her voice. She has this tone in her voice, and while I'm while she's talking, I'm listening, but on the inside, I'm I'm just sitting there like, like who who are you really talking to right now? Why are you talking to me like this, right? And, and that's usually the the response or reaction a lot of people will have. It's not him saying that to me specifically, but you know how when people be talking to you like you crazy and you be in your mind with your own commentary, like who are you talking to right now? Like I didn't do anything to you. You got a problem or something? That's that's the mindset I'm assuming you're you're coming from. Is that accurate? Yeah. Fair? Yeah. So then. um so, you know, I'm, I understand that she's been downstairs with the children. The humble and understanding husband that I am. No, I'm playing. But I understood that she was downstairs with the kids. So I was like, okay, well, maybe she's annoyed for some reason. And then she she continues with the same tone. And I'm like, what in the world did I do to her that she's talking to me like this? Right? So then... That's she does it twice, and then I say something else to her, and then she like snaps back, um, and again, and I doubt that she thought she sounded like this in her mind, but she snaps back to me, and finally now I'm I raise my voice, 
um, I read, I can't remember what I said. It was just some, it just like, I, I snapped back at her. Right. And it was just, and she said, okay, well, I was just saying something, you know, there was no need for you to change your tone. You know, something along those lines. I said something regarding, like, apparently I said something that has triggered you right now. Yeah. I don't remember what it was that I said, but I do remember saying that part. Because I was like, because your tone has now changed. For me, it was just, like, I grew up with a lot of degrading tones in the home and out of the home. And I got to a point in my life where I was just like, yo, I ain't, it's enough. So when, when somebody is talking to me crazy or if they're talking to me with this, this tone, like it feels like they got some aggressive energy coming off of them and they got, they, you know, it feels like they want to do something. That's when I'm like, you know, you need to, you need to calm down. And again, coming from, you know, the, the sector of work that I'm in, you're dealing with aggressive people all the time because people are stressed out. They're tired. You know, if you're, uh, on a construction site anywhere or even in the office like people are stressed in the engineering field um, and construction field so people are stressed out so you deal with a lot of aggressive people but after I'm done dealing with them I don't bring that stuff here but Monet's environment of you know quote-unquote work or motherhood is here right so she's never like leaving that um, so for me I have like a barrier and a cutoff so that I don't bring stuff here, but Monet's here is home. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is... That's the first time I've heard you say that. Yeah. So, so she's talking and then we go back and then I snap at her and then she's like, her tone changes, like her, the way she's talking changes. And I'm like, all right, now I, now we can go back to normal. Now I admit that on my end, I could have been, better at that because if I understand that this is your environment, if I understand that um, you've been dealing with the kids all morning and, you know, you might be a little stressed or annoyed, then what I could have said was something along the lines of maybe you need to, you know, calm down or, you know, some time to yourself before we talk about this or something along the lines. I don't know. What do you need that even... It probably would have only because it probably would have been a signifier for me of, okay, you're not in a a mood that's going to produce effective communication right now. And whatever it is that you want or we need to talk about needs to be where we're both in a headspace of effective communication. And that's not where you're at right now. And I say that because I often will tell TJ something very similar, like, okay, you need to calm down first before we revisit this, or you need to relax first before yeah. you come back and do whatever it is that I'm having him do. Um, and TJ, he's, you know, I'm emotional. He's very emotional. And so I see a lot of me in him. And so I think oftentimes when I'm saying something to him on that level, um, it's probably something I myself could benefit from hearing from someone else as well, only because I think we're so similar. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that I could have done better at that. Um, but I'm letting you know that I realize that. And I'm working on it. Because usually, it, at, I'm at a point in my life now where I'm like, you know, I ain't, I'm not, I'm not just going to let anybody talk to me crazy. So, uh, but I, I do real, I do think and realize that I have to kind of 
tone it back or maybe alter it depending on what environment I'm in because you know people just have rough days sometimes and sometimes it's better to deal with it with honey rather than vinegar does that make sense mm -hmm. sometimes people just need a hug you're like mm -hmm. they're there it's calm down it's okay yeah you know just relax and we'll get back to whatever it is that we need to get back to uh, but you need a break right now but this is my thing is that you don't really listen so like even what I said to little you know bring a tar in the room you're like I got it mm -hmm. so I don't even know if you would accept help well it was you I guess it was because you posed it in a question you didn't actually say bring it to or send a tar up here you said do do I need to do you need to send one of them up here? I'm like, no, nah, I got it. If you would have been like, just just send a tar, have have a tar come up here. I'd be like, okay, he wants a tar up here. But when you post it as a question, you're not necessarily saying I want this person in my space right now. You're saying, well, if you need this that much, then I will do this for you. But this is so. But what difference does that make? Why do I have to tell you to do it instead of? You being honest because and saying when where you're, you are. when you're looking at it from the sense of this is your job, this is my job. My job right now is to manage all three of them in the morning. Your job is to do whatever it is you were doing for your, your work right now. And so unless you are opening the door and, and, and offering yourself, I feel like I'm in, infringing on the work you're trying to do or get done. Because oftentimes you'll keep telling me, it's okay, Monet. I can handle it. I'm gonna do what I need to do. Blah 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 blah. You said that multiple times over, over the course of the past year or so. Um, but still, you know, if I see that you're doing something, because I don't know when you're gonna get a phone call. I don't know when you're gonna have a meeting. I don't know what your schedule looks like. So unless you ask for a kid, I'm not going to just send one in to you. Even when I go into the room, I try to get in and get out as quick as possible, or I close the door behind me. Okay, but I've told you if you need a break, send one of them up there. I've told you that in the past. But you were still working. In the past working. couple weeks. I'm always working. This let, let me give you my schedule today. So I wake up at, I think it was like s originally at 7, and I get right on my computer. I start working. You know, I go brush my teeth. Y'all wake up. I'm working. Y'all eat breakfast. I'm working. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all going through, you know, crazy times or whatever down here. I'm working. Mm -hmm. Then we have our, our uh, little blow up this morning. After it was a blow up, it wasn't a blow up. You, you know what I'm talking about. We have our thing this morning, and then I go right back to working. Mm -hmm. Right then, after I'm done working this afternoon, I come down. We exercise. We eat. Right mm -hmm. after we eat, we clean. Mm -hmm. And then, what did I do after we cleaned? I know you were on the computer, but I don't know what you were doing. I went right back to working. See, I didn't even know you were working. I thought you were doing, I knew you were doing something, but I didn't know it was, like, work-related. I went right back to working. And then, while you were taking your shower, Aaliyah started having, you know, a little, a, I don't she even want to call it a fit. She, so just, she was trying yeah. to communicate, saying, somebody pick me up so I could sit up right. Yeah, so I got Aaliyah. I helped Atar and TJ clean their room. I took my shower while turning on, you know, the TV because you were just getting out of the shower. So I turned on the TV for them. I took my shower. And then what did I do? I went right back to working. Mm -hmm. I'm, I still have stuff to do after this. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So then after I'm done with that, I'm going to go to sleep and tomorrow I'm going to push a repeat. So I'm always, I always have something to work on. It doesn't really matter. Even we're at home right now. Mm-hmm. So I can work, I literally can have 24 hours to put in eight. You, yes, I understand what you're saying. On my end though, because I know a lot of times, I guess your perspective is my job is to make your life easier. But if I can do something that's not making your life harder, I would like to do that. But let me stop you there because I believe that you, you're still looking at, you know, the time during the day as like, that's your job. Mm hmm. But, you know, no disrespect, but you don't have a job right now. Like, you're a mother. You referred to it as a job earlier, though. I, no, I'm saying that in terms of, like, that's how, that's what I believe that you're looking at. Like, this is my job, this is yours. Meaning, this is what you have to take care of right now, and this is what I'm taking care of right now. Right. But if you actually look at what you have to take care of, that doesn't stop. Right. Even when I'm home, that doesn't stop. Right. That's not a job. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a life. Mm-hmm. So you are a mother. Mm-hmm. And I am a father. Right. So, if especially if we're both at home, like I've said in the past, if it's becoming too much at a point, and then you need to send one upstairs. I guess it just doesn't seem it doesn't feel fair to me to do that. What are you talking about? Cuz you're okay, if we're looking at it from the sense of you are working at your job even though you're at home doing the work for your job on the computer and I don't have a job, it does not seem fair of me to while you're working at your job even though you're at home to send somebody in there who could be stopping you from doing your job if I don't have one. So what okay, let me answer this question for me. It's it's really it's not really a question for you to answer, but it's just one for you to for you to think, right? If I'm getting too stressed doing my job, working, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? You'll just take a break. You'll be like, I'm going right, to get up and walk I'm away. Come back. What can you do? <laughs> I know I can. No, 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 no. What can you do? I can, I know I can ask for help. I can can help. you get up and walk away? I can go to a different room. Can you get up and walk away from motherhood? No. No, you can't. But what can you do? I can have them sit with you for a little bit. But oh. you're working. There's nothing about what they will do or could do that will ever stop me from working. My number one responsibility right now in this moment in our life is to make sure that everything is taken care of. So there is nothing that they would or could do that would stop me from making sure that everyone in this house is taken care of. It still doesn't feel fair. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really care if it feels fair or not. I know you don't care. Because, and this is another thing that we can kind of go into later on, is that this is how it works in most households, is or how it's worked in the past. It's, not, it's kind of a dying thing now, 
but how it's worked in the past, and maybe it is in your household, you know, y'all let us know, but it's that the man would go to work, mm-hmm. and even more recently, the man and woman would go to work, mm-hmm. and then when they got home, the mother would deal with the kids, and the man would go hide in the bathroom and, uh, you know, unload or decompress, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And if y'all relate to this, you know, just let us know. But the man will go and decompress. But that's not how it works in our house. Like when, if I need a moment, I'm going to take a moment. But after I get done with work, then we're back to, it goes from you being the main focus with the kids to both of us being the main focus with the kids. And things are divvied up. The the cleanings divvied up. The keeping the kids distracted or teaching is divvied up. Maybe I feel like I take more breaks than I actually do. Maybe that's just a thing that I think in my head or something. Does that make sense? You you want to know what I believe? Yeah. I believe that you are trying to prove your value as a mother. Mm-hmm. I believe that you're trying to prove that you still hold value, even though you're not you know, at an actual job. Because I don't want to take breaks? No, it's just the whole overall, like your actions overall. You you don't want to take breaks. You wouldn't want to send one up. You, are, you're, you walk around the house with, even with the kids, even when you're stressed out, you'll walk around the house aggravated, stressed, still trying to, you know, hold it together when you need to let it go. But and, like but, if and I you did refuse that, to let it go. I feel like if I did that, I would be doing that a lot. No, you wouldn't. You would be doing it when you need to. I just feel like that would be a lot. It's not. I guess we don't know, huh? I do. Well, I haven't done it. That's why I say I guess we don't know. Yeah, but I pay attention to you a lot more than you pay attention to you. Yeah. And I, I pay attention to the things that go on in the house a lot more than you probably think I do. So I know how many breaks about about how many breaks that you'll take. How many will you take? You would take about three a week. A week? A week. A week. A week. <laughs> once you That's once funny. once you actually got into the rhythm of, you know, this is when this is how I feel when I actually need to take a break. Mm-hmm. You know, I could and then you in your mind you would say, Well, I can push through this stuff. Because no matter what I say, you're still going to feel like, well, he's working and he needs to concentrate, which is the truth, right? And this is how it will go. At first, you're going to say, okay, well, he said I can take a break. I'm going to take a break. And you will do more than three a week. You might be doing two or three a day, right? And then I'm going to say, all right, Monet, I understand that we said X, Y, and Z, but, you know, you still need to kind of push yourself to get past these these things or adjust how you're seeing some situations so that it's not annoying you. And once you really got in your groove, you would get down to about three a week. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that. Mm. Mark this day. Travis <laughs> said it. Mark this day. It'll be about three a week. Yo, Travis, I need some time. And the another thing is that you need to start being honest with yourself and me, if I ask you a question, I'm not asking 
like TJ, I'm not asking you just to hear myself talk. I'm asking you because I want to know. Mm-hmm. So you, if I'm asking you a question, then you need to be honest with your answer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, what? Well, I was reading a book. It's called Stay. And I was telling you the other day that I was reading it. It's an e-book by uh, Andrew Lee Paschal. And there's a part of the book that I specifically wrote. I was writing a bunch of different quotes down out of the book, or passages, rather. And this particular one kind of struck me a little bit. And it says, I'm learning to let God roam the boring, lush, confusing, cluttered, and unattended long stretches of land inside of me. And it is hard not to clean up first. Painfully, actually. I want it all organized and landscaped and sculpted. I want to offer people a better, improved, I'm worthy of your love, me, but I let the weeds stay and I let others in. And when I read that, I was like, man, it's part of the reason why I don't always just come forward with the honest, this is how I'm feeling, is because I feel like I need to clean up first. I need to get my emotions in check together. I need to get it all, you know, good and then come forward with the communication instead of just sit in what I'm feeling in that moment and just articulate it and then walk through it with you or with God and rectify it that way versus trying to clean it all up by myself and then visit the situation and try to deal with it after I'm quote unquote good. I don't know. It could be. I mean, only you would really be able to to tell anybody that mm-hmm. because it's it's you it's not not anybody else mm-hmm. so you if you if you're honest with yourself you'll be able to know what you're doing yeah but are you being honest with yourself would you ask yourself questions and i i just i don't know i, I just, everybody talks to themselves y'all don't even think like that yeah, everybody talks to yeah. themselves and i i just think that i because it, it, it resonated with me, so it's, it's apparent that I do do that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just stemming from this sense of not wanting to sound or be confusing when I'm talking. Because there's been times when I've tried, I'm like, okay, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to go ahead and tell them what I'm thinking, and I'll do it, and then you are confused. Like, it's just none of it made sense. So then in my mind, I'm having this conversation with myself like, see, I told you he wouldn't understand what you were saying. You don't know how to make sense when you talk. Blah, 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 blah. So now I'm like, okay, well, let me just try to make sense of it first. I'll have a conversation with myself. And you talk to me about not having conversations with myself. Talking to yourself, okay, but a whole drawn-out conversation, we had conversations before about how that's not very beneficial because I'm basically having a dialogue of what you will or won't say, which is not really giving you the opportunity or platform to actually say anything about it. But that's why I think that it's confusing. It's because you've had a dialogue with yourself about what you thought I would and wouldn't understand. And then you've presented to me this, this like fixed up, jerry-rigged communication. And you give it to me with having all this background dialogue. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Right. And so that's what I'm saying. When I read that out of the book, it's basically saying, just let it be confusing and cluttered and messed up. Let it be whatever it is and just work with that versus trying to clean it first and then present to you this clean version, which isn't the original, authentic, raw 
stuff that actually makes communication worth having. And that's what we're that's what we're actually supposed to be doing. You know, you're supposed to present it as it is and let the communication unfold there because if you fix it up and then you present it, it's never like the the 100% truth. Mm-hmm. It's the fixed up version of the truth. Right. And this is, it goes back to kind of what we've talked about in the past, like uh, where you believe that if you didn't say something, then it, it wouldn't affect the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But just by you being in that space, headspace, you being in that emotional space or whatever, it's already affected the atmosphere. So you might as well talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Where you say you believe that if you fix it up first and present it, that it will be less confusing, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. So you have to allow that other person to walk through that communication process with you. Because we all got confusing stuff going on in our life. And no matter how long we've been together, there's always going to be something else that's confusing. But you have to give that person the opportunity to actually walk through that process with you. And if you do that, then in in my opinion, you know, we're, we're not there, but in my opinion, that that person will actually learn you and would be able to better walk through these communication processes with you. And I think for me, because <laughs> I remember, I don't, I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember having the conversation when you basically were saying that you didn't like seeing me cry. And so there was just some things it was just like not even worth having the conversation about because it was going to make me upset and then I was going to start crying. Um, and there was a long period of time where anytime I had to have a conversation about any emotion that was just very, um, not negative, but those very strong, very strong emotions um, or a conversation that just really hit my heart in a certain way, I would just get all teary eyed and end up crying. And I would like to pat myself on the back to say I've come a long way Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like I am at a point now where because I can come to terms with how I feel about certain things, I'm able to verbally maneuver through it and navigate through it better and not be all triggered and teary and crying and all that jazz now. Because yeah. I tried to avoid that a lot. And yeah. you see stuff and you will press and press and press. And I'm just like, okay, fine, here we go. Now I'm about to start crying. But now, you know, getting through that. Cause that's an, I, and I can only imagine on the other end of that how annoying it could be every time you try to talk about something serious or meaningful or, or a strong feeling. The other person is just always crying about it. And it's not like I wasn't trying to get sympathy. Like I was I legitimately, the, the emotions weighed very heavily on me. And so I'm I'm just really sensitive, and so it just made me cry. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Monet. Thank you. Um, we're getting kind of long here, y'all. I apologize. This I one, don't. This th- is good stuff. Yeah, it was longer than what we kind of anticipated, or so. Hopefully, y'all are still listening. If you are, kudos to you. Shout out to you. Let us know if you listened all the way through. We at forty three minutes right now. Um, still got edited, but we'll see what it ends up being. I got one last question for us to go through, then we can end okay. or get off Monet. So, um, we're in quarantine right now. Quarantine, 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 quarantine. We're in quarantine right now. 
So what what am, what have I been doing that's been getting on your nerves? I really want to know. You haven't done anything consistently that's been getting on my nerves, but you did do something this morning that it got on my nerves, but I had to come to terms with the fact that there's really no other way around it. I was laying in the bed. Now, Leah's four months old. She picks and chooses how long she wants to sleep through the night because she's a baby that nurses. And so um, I'd be tired. I'm not as tired as I was in the beginning, but obviously when you wake up to feed a baby at night, you get tired. And so um, Travis woke up, did whatever it is he needed to do, and he immediately started working. And when I say working, he's typing. Typing on a laptop. Typing very enthusiastically on his laptop and doing whatever else it was he needed to do. And it was just... On the opposite side of the bed, (laughs) mind you. So he's literally (laughs) typing with his laptop on the bed. Because we don't have a home that has an office, but I'm speaking into fruition. We will have an office in our next home. Um, And so, you know, he worked from home, got to do what you got to do. So he was literally working, typing away as me... And Aaliyah, we're still trying to sleep. <laughs> you get that so, behind up. <laughs> I didn't get angry at him. It was annoying because I'm like, Aaliyah's not up yet. I could technically still be getting a little bit more sleep, but I needed to get up anyway. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But it, I don't like being awakened by constant noise. I can deal with somebody getting up and going to the bathroom, flushing the toilet, and then it's quiet again because I fall right back asleep like super easy. But this morning it was just like noise, noise, noise. Noise, 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 noise. So I was like, okay, he doesn't have office. There's nowhere else for him to go. This is where he normally works. Guess it's time to get out the bed. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I like when you're home. So it's cool. It's all good. Not a big deal. Is there anything that I'm doing that's annoying you? Uh, my snacks. And it's not really like a... I didn't eat any of your snacks. <laughs> you have. What do I eat? So... So if you're if you're married or in a relationship, you already know you got to get two of everything, right? Yes, sure do. But, sh- but Monet believes, and this is the reason why it's annoying. Normally for me, it wouldn't be annoying because it's like a given. If you get in a relationship or you get married, it's a given. There's no need to be annoyed by it because you already know what you're walking into. <laughs> it's a given that your snacks are their snacks. Your food is their food. Now, what this is the part that annoys me is because Monet believes that it's only her. It's only her that she has to buy two of everything because I will eat. No, it's not two hers. of everything. I have to buy two of what I know that I like two because if I like, buy one whatever, of what I like and one of what whatever. you like, you will also eat the thing this, that I is, like. Is it in the turn? But the you thing did that yours. you like, I don't like. It's my turn. So hmm. when I buy like those. I don't know, Pop-Tarts or the, the Pringles chips. Like, I, I left one of them. I left one of them on the refrigerator. And I took like the other night. one upstairs <laughs> where I work, and I put it next to my bag, right? And I would get a couple chips, and I would eat those chips, and I would close the, close the Pringles back. And then I would put it away because I want to ration out my chips. But now I feel like I have to make sure that I get some because they will disappear because we have a snack thief running loose, running rampant in the house. So I bought two already. There was one down here, but she comes and she takes out of the one that I... Now, I didn't tell her that this was mine. Sure didn't. But 
it was mine. Didn't know. And it was upstairs. Didn't say anything. And like even the Pop Tarts or whatever that I bought. I normally don't eat Pop Tarts, but it was like the only thing that was left when I went to the store. So I was like, well, whatever. It's quarantine. We, quarantine. You know what I mean? COVID out here. We, I'm, I changed for a little bit anyway. So I had got the Pop Tarts. I had to put mine on the top shelf. Didn't have to. Chose had to. to to put it on the top shelf just to make sure she stayed away from it. So that's the only thing for me is like you is is it goes both ways and you have to acknowledge that it's on this side too. You are stealing my snacks. I did not steal any of your snacks. Stealing. Matter of fact, the the chips that you keep complaining about right now, you go so ahead and this has been this has been the uh, 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 <laughs> communication episode of the Becoming, Becoming One, One podcast. podcast. All right, y'all. Hope y'all doing good. Uh, let us know. Talk to us. Uh, send us emails at uh, becoming o n e podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, you kind of slow me out. And then, <laughs> and then uh, hit us on IG and Facebook and Facebook at becoming the number one, like the actual numeral one podcast. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.